Hey guys, happy Choose It, Choose Yourself. I hope you guys find yourselves in a good place and space this morning. And my God, have I missed saying that. Um, I think for all the creators out there, you'll probably know that it's quite difficult to create content, um, you know, when, when you're not really in a good emotional space. I think COVID, you guys, just exhausted me. And I think where we are right now as we navigate, um, you know, vaccines and everything has just been a very stressful time for me. So yeah, hence the, hence the silence. But um, I'm back and, you know, ready to celebrate August, which is Women's Month in South Africa. So happy Women's Month to all the ladies listening. And uh, whether you're in South Africa, from South Africa, or you're just a woman around the world, um, you are welcome to celebrate with us and join the ride as we speak to different women around the world who are doing incredible things. And I hope these conversations will inspire you. I hope they will anchor you and I hope they will make you reflect on how far you've come, you know, whether it be in your career or your personal life, your health, your fitness, your mental health. You know, one of the big things I've learned with mental health in these past months is that you need mental strength to pursue mental health. You know, mental health is not this magical you know cloud that like lands on you of like fairy dust you know mental health is a lot of work uh whether you are journaling whether you are meditating whether you are going for therapy my goodness it is a lot of work and sometimes you have the strength for it and other times you don't so i think it's about using this month to reflect on how far you have come, where you have grown, how you have grown, and how we can keep moving together, um, you know, how we can keep on growing and learning from each other, um, you know, and I really just do this podcast to share these conversations, that's all, so I hope that you'll enjoy these conversations. Uh, for today, you guys, we'll be talking to Linde Kenjana, who is the author of The Black Girl's Guide to Corporate South Africa. And it's really a book that is about how black women experience uh, corporate in South Africa and how, you know, they can overcome some of the challenges and how they can navigate. And, you know, from all the conversations that I've had with you guys on career development and how to negotiate and how to build a professional brand, I think this conversation is definitely something that we can all, you know, benefit and learn from. So I hope you guys will enjoy the conversation. Um, and without further ado, you guys, welcome Lindela. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindela. It's awesome to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Zizipo. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So before we get into the book, and and all the good bits um please just give us a brief intro who is lindel <laughs> all right uh lindelo is black lindelo is a woman uh lindelo as of you know recently this year has become a mother congratulations um, she's also a daughter thank you so much uh, a friend and just so many you know more wonderful amazing things uh, Lindelo is passionate about technology, mm-hmm. about marketing and development of the African continent. Fantastic. I mean, I, when I came across your book, I think it was at a time where I definitely needed it. Um, I think navigating corporate as a young black woman has been quite an interesting experience, to say the least. Um, but there, there's so many things when building a career, you know, highs and lows, you know, the lessons you learn, the things you do really well and some of the things that, you know, you, you, you wish you didn't do. But, you know, it's, it's a journey. 
And uh, when I saw your book, I thought it was really helpful for me. And that's why I wanted to share it and just feature you for, you know, August as, as we celebrate Women's Month. But before we talk a little bit more about the book, what inspired you to write it? Thank you so much, Zizipo, for sharing what you what you did, because that definitely was a part of the intent, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if it landed in the hands of one or two or three, you know, black girls, uh, you know, and impact their their lives in a positive way, then you know, I would have I would have achieved what I wanted to. What inspired it? So many reasons. Um, some of which include the following. Mm-hmm. So there's a Maya, a, a Toni Morrison quote that I absolutely love that says, if there's a book you'd love to read that hasn't yet been written, it is your duty for you to write that book, sure. right? Firstly. But secondly, I mean, in, in over a decade, having been in corporate, I have, I've had a number of conversations with people, either, you know, women either younger than me, my peers, uh, women that are older than me, and, mm-hmm. you know, in the form of mentors or sponsors. And, you know, there were certain themes that kept on sticking. Yeah. Um, and I think it, inside of me, there's always been a writer. I used to write and perform poetry in high school and a little bit in, in university. Um, so it was easier for me to take, you know, all of those thoughts that I'd, you know, been rudimenting, uh, uh, you know, over. Um, and I decided to then to archive it and, and, and put it in one place. Because mm-hmm. the other reality, Zizipo, is that if we as, as African and, and, and we as black women aren't, you know, more intently contributing to the greater narrative that's out there about us, who are we expecting to do this on our behalf? Right. So this thing around it being a duty, you know, for us to tell our stories is, has been one of the key drivers. You know, I think it's it, when you speak, speak about mentors and sponsors and, and all of that, it, it's so important to have those, those key figures, right? But I think when you start out in your career, you don't know that you need them until you need them, right? And you kind of go through all these experiences and you learn all these lessons, some of which maybe would have gone down a bit easier had you had the support. And, you know, back to your point about writing the stories that that you wish you could read. Um, I, I find that so powerful and so impactful. Um, so just talking a little bit about the key themes that you mentioned that you saw were common across the conversations that you were having. What were those themes? You know, what were those those key themes that that no matter who you spoke to at the different levels, it was like, ah, this is something that definitely needs to be in this book. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess all of them are in the book if, if, if a person wants to get a more concise uh, list. Right, But of I'll course. just touch on a few. The first, Zizipo, was around um, naivety, right? Mm-hmm. So the different women that I spoke to, um, myself included, you sort of go into corporate with a certain uh, perception, right? You've yeah. watched TV, we've seen all those shows, we've seen what it looks like to either be interning or starting out and you know, women that look great and it all looks like as though it plays out in a particular way. But right. when you get in, um, you know, just all those humbling uh, experiences that mm. sometimes bring you to your knees, mm. you know. So the mm. naivety, uh, you know, of uh, most black women when they go into the spaces, firstly. Secondly, the experience around uh, isolation. It's crazy to think that you could be a part of a, a machine um, or an environment that has thousands and thousands of people, and yet you still feel isolated. You still, you know, you 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 question your belonging, um, you know, self doubt, all of those things, such as imposter syndrome, etc. Mm. The third theme is definitely around leadership. 
um, and the role that leadership plays in, in how you then perceive, you know, your, your next years within corporate environments, right? Because your leaders can either, either leave you feeling really empowered and supported or, you know, defeated, defeated and, and self-doubting. Mm, so mm. the thing around leadership and, and the type of leaders that you're exposed to as well, I mean, we could go on and on, but I think, yeah, those would be the three key um, areas. I mean, I, I think as well, you know, when you when we're talking about the South Africa context, um, of course, if you know, the people from different parts of the world, but I think from the South Africa context and probably, you know, the context of other countries that have had some form of, of political oppression through political regimes, mm. you know, like apartheid, for example, and how that manifested itself in different kinds of regimes across the world. When we're now seeing, you know, people of color being integrated economically, you know, integration policies is one thing, right? But feeling like you belong in corporate, feeling that there's a space that you've got a voice, that's something completely different, right? That's something that policy and things like BE, you know, actually doesn't take care of. Yeah. And so, so there's a big gap between what the intent of the policy is and the actual experience of, you know, a first generation, you know, black female in corporate. You know, I, I often think of many of my friends who are first generation. So in other words, they don't have an auntie or a mom um, who has gone before them that can give them the guidance as to how to navigate, you know, these different challenges and these different spaces. Um, what are the things that have helped you, you know, along the years? And, um, you know, you mentioned mentors, you mentioned sponsors, but just what are the key things that you find have been really valuable for you um, as you've navigated corporate? I just wanted to say that's just, this is just such a fantastic question, uh, Zizipo, uh, you know, speaking about historical economic context, yeah. but also which and but also these spaces are not just exclusionary from a race and gender perspective, but the language used in these spaces as well. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Because because it goes back to exposure and, and all of those things. Uh, so it's just a brilliant question that you're asking. The things that have helped me, um, apart from mentorship, I mean, mentors and sponsors, is, is creating a community. Yeah. Um, you know, within the spaces, creating a very broad community. So just trying not to have a, a narrow outlook, um, you know, so, so that it also informs the fact that you don't have a narrow, narrow perspective. Mm. So, for example, as if you're a creative um, in, in, in the particular corporate environment, what stops you then from creating networks and, and you know, friends and acquaintances with colleagues in, in the finance division or the legal division? And, and all of that contributes to you having a richer experience. Yeah. But also... When we think about mentorship, it doesn't have to necessarily be a one-on-one -on -one human engagement. So something else I've done is, you know, is follow TED Talks, is follow TED Talks, um, is, is find people in the space that I'm in that I, I admire, that I could YouTube and watch their videos and their talks, etc. So finding subject matter experts and making it my business. So yeah. having a, a, a forever curious um you know, sort of outlook. I think as Steve Jobs said, calls it as, what does he say? Stay hungry. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so that also really contributes to it because 
I think it's, at the end of the day, it becomes a value thing, right? What what value are you extracting from from you know the different uh, career spaces you find yourself in or want to be in? But it's also about the value that's being extracted from you as a resource, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we are uh, contractually obligated to these spaces, right? So right. it's a, it's a definitely a give and take. So yes, yeah, so so definitely enriching um, my experience in the form of mentors and sponsors, but all the other work you need to do um, as an individual. Yeah, yeah, you know, with other people. Right, right. No, I, I think you know when you when you speak about you know getting out there and and building these networks, I think one of the things that come to my mind just again in my growth and reflecting, and and I'm sure you you can add to it as well. You know, is you know when we speak about naivety. Um, and when we speak about like really orienting yourself in the environment and, and in the atmosphere, I think it's it's not that, you know, black women don't want to know, you know what I mean? Or enjoy being naive. I think it's like you, you step into an environment that, um, like I said, historically is just so unfamiliar that there's so many things to get to know. And there's so much information mm-hmm. and there's so many people that you need to connect with. And I think from the female dynamic as well, you know, we taught to be polite, you know, and, and agreeable and to be respectful. And so those opportunities to reach out to people and to have those conversations and to kind of, you know, push the envelope is something that we haven't, you know, necessarily been taught and something that we've had to shape and, and, you know, learn ourselves. Uh, I had a quite an interesting conversation regarding pay and how, you know, freely, you know, men generally speak about their pay, men will speak about their investments, men will speak about promotions. But as women, I find that we didn't always do that. I'm seeing that we're doing that a lot more now. But I think generally, historically, it was just like very impolite, you know, unattractive, you know, unladylike, you know, to have these conversations and to build these networks and to ask those tough questions and to assert yourself in those rooms. Um, how have you managed around that kind of dynamic? You know, what you might have been nurtured in versus what you found you actually needed um, to equip yourself in corporate? Because sometimes it's it's a, it's quite a big gap, at least for me it was. Mm, no, you're quite right, uh, Zizipo. And I think simplistically uh, putting it right, uh, in most African homes is a thing of, uh, children are meant to be seen and not heard right, right? correct <laughs> when the, when the grow when the grown ups speak you know kids need to sort of disappear yeah. and, and and go find their place so you you're absolutely right and for me it's been a, a a factor of of time and experience hey um it definitely d- doesn't happen overnight mm-hmm. um it definitely doesn't feel natural uh when it does and it's honestly taken a lot of coaching from my male friends. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and, you know, and, and my mentors as well. It's taken a lot of coaching and practice, but also, um, you know, knowing the finer details, you need to back up why you believe you're worth X and what, you know, know your story as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't just obviously make up a, a figure in, 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 in the air um, you also need your facts um, and your experience and your value add to back up what it is you may be asking for. But I think we just need to get more comfortable with it. I won't lie to you. You know, the, you know, the first few times I did it, it just didn't feel right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's also informed by a story I once heard that some HR practitioners um, believe in paying men more because 
because they traditionally believe that men are, are the heads of ha households. Right. We live in a world where there are female-ran homes, right? Right. And there's even development research that shows that when a woman has the rant, it actually goes stretched far wider than when a man has a rant. Mm -hmm. So, I do, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like all these things that don't make sense, but it's just the way it's been done. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it's worked out for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think about what you said around speaking to, to the males and, and learning from them where we can, right? Because I think those, those kind, kinds of conversations off pay um, or, and even offers, initial offers when you go to an interview and they make you an offer, you know, a lot of, of, of studies have shown that women will accept the first offer and not push past that offer to see how much is actually in this honey pot. Um, and, and mm. is there more for me to get, you know, what other benefits are there other than what they are offering me on the table? And, um, you know, we also had an interesting conversation around with an HR um, specialist who was saying, you know, you need to think about when somebody makes you an offer that they're making you an offer that may not change um, significantly over the next two years. You get that inflationary increase and, and that's all good and well. But when we're talking about a significant raise, that often doesn't happen. And so if you're not really having those conversations and kind of, you know, pushing the envelope a little bit and kind of asking for a little bit more um, and seeing what's there, then you often miss the opportunity to gain a lot more that, that your male colleagues or your male counterparts in the same roles that you occupy um, would actually be earning. So I think it's I think you're right there. We, 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 there are lessons to be learned from from our male friends and from our male colleagues. Uh, I think definitely being able and willing to have those conversations. Um, you just mentioned that you are coming off maternity leave and you've just had a beautiful bundle. Uh, congratulations again on on your baby and and that experience. Um, how do you think now in terms of navigating um, going back to work? Um, I, do you have any thoughts on, on moms who are going back to work or having going back to work? Um, any advice? I mean, I know that this is a new role and a new space for you, but um, what are your thoughts? I'm curious. Yeah, luckily, uh, a few of my close friends are on, on the same journey as me and, mm -hmm. and they've already gone back. So we're always swapping notes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if, if I thought I was a balanced, uh, uh, you know, calm human before this, I think I'm going to have to, um, you know, take it up a notch. I think definitely the first and most important thing is around having a very strong and secure support system. Right. right? right. Um, this role is impossible to do without that. Uh, it is just <laughs> impossible to do without because... I mean, you're the main source of, of life for this human, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, when they're up in the middle of the night and when, I mean, and, you know, for all sorts of reasons, either for feeding or changes, et cetera. So, 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 so having a support system is, is really, really important because I think I'm also going to have to, to figure out, um, you know, uh, how to find the balance, right? Mm -hmm. So whereas in the past, I wouldn't mind having, you know, meetings that go in, in into the middle of the night or working on a report, you know, in the middle of the night, et cetera. I think now clearly defined boundaries um, are really going to be an important part of this role going forward. Because, yeah. I mean, with that quote that says um, you have to live life uh, from, a, from a full cup or mm -hmm. something to that extent, mm -hmm. right? Um, fill your cup so you can serve others from a place of fullness, right? right? So each 
of these different roles are going to require for me to show up, right? And mm-hmm. when I am depleted, I guess, being okay with, with just, just taking the time out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think boundaries, boundaries is going to be a key thing going forward with this role. But I also think um, that corporate also has a responsibility in supporting in supporting moms that are coming back to the workspace. Um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, you have maternity leave and that's great. But I think there's there's much support needed for moms that are transitioning from maternity back into work, because I think it's like the, the perception is, well, you had maternity, you know, you, you should have figured this out. You know, you're back at work. I'll never forget um, a very heartbreaking experience that I had with a, a former colleague of mine who had just come off maternity, was working late at the office one night and just broke down into tears because she could not get over the fact that while she was at work, her baby was at home and she was not there. And explaining oh. to this woman that you're still a good mom, you know, th- that didn't help in the moment. She just felt like she's at work, her baby's at home and she's not there. And having the four months or however long maternity leave didn't cover that feeling. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I-, I think corporate also needs to recognize that um, and create safe spaces uh, for moms to transition you know, from maternity leave back into corporate. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, there's, I mean, psychologically and emotionally, there's just so much happening. You're mm, absolutely right. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, but as we wrap up, I think um, just looking forward to getting the book and promoting the book um, and making sure that people get the book. So where can we find it? Uh, for those of us that don't have it already, um, where can we find it? And um, yeah, what, what, what can we do with it? Because yeah, I think that's the other thing. I'm, I'm doing the podcast episode, which is my part. Uh, but what can we do? Like, what's the call to action? Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. I'd love to hear, you know, what you thought of it if you're done reading. But we'll get to that. Um, where you can find the book, firstly, it's at most leading book retail stores. This is also uh, bargain books, exclusive books. It's also on take a lot. Okay. And yeah, so most leading big leading book retailers. But also if you if you just Google, you know, Black Girls Guide to Corporate Essay, there's some other digital distributors uh, that also come up. Um, Amazon Kindle, it's also available on there as well. Look, the the book, I, I really am hoping this is the first of its kind in our country because I really believe there's a richness in the experiences of, of Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the time of being silenced, et cetera, is completely up. Uh, we need to own our narrative. We need to be actively a part of shaping it. We need to stop allowing uh, uh, for this uh, passive culture that... that that represents black women in a particular way to yeah. continue being the dominant one. Uh, we are colorful. We come in all shapes and sizes. We have, you, you know, a plethora of interests and, and that needs to, to, to be represented. So I'm really hoping this is the first uh, of its kind and that many other black women and black girls come up and, uh, you know, use their, use their voice. No, absolutely. I, I think just in reflecting from my experience um, of, of your book, I think one thing that came across to me in terms of a call to action is my network um, and in terms of my, my, my support structures. Um, so it's recognizing what I don't know. And instead of being ashamed of it, 
um, finding ways to get that stuff, right? So who around me um, has the information that I need, has the experience that I need, um, has the pearls of wisdom that I need. Um, and I can then surround myself with those women that can pour into my life. Um, but then also reflecting on what I have learned, you know, because we, we learning, but we can also teach, right? So what can I also give to those around me? Um, of course, I'm not an expert and I haven't been in corporate for, for like many years, but that doesn't mean that I don't have something to share, right? So it's about learning from those around me, but also making sure that I, I'm willing to teach those around me too um, and, and, and being available for both of those those roles. Um, but as we wrap up, Lindela, I wanted to ask you, what is your number one tip on this Choose a Choose Yourself for corporate women? Um, it can be anything, just absolutely anything. What would you say your number one tip is? Um, normalize prioritizing yourself. Um, there's, again, there's a quote that says, if I were to ask you to list me or give me a list of the things you love, how long would it take for you to, to list yourself? Sure. Yeah. So let's, let's normalize prioritizing ourselves. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lindula. I really appreciate you making time for us. Um, and I hope that you guys will get that book. I actually got mine on Take A Lot. So it is reliable. The book does arrive. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of online shopping. You will get the book. Um, but thank you so much, Lindula, for making time for us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Zizekwa. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Have a good day, guys. Happy Tuesday. Choose yourself.